Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen of the Baltimore Ravens fandom, welcome back. It's another episode of Believe in Ravens. I'm Kyrie Thompson. That's my guy, Daniel Wilcox. And before, you know, before we get too long, it always does this, man. I got to switch our little icons right here. Because right. listen, <laughs> have our names know, mixed. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to give you my scruffy appearance. You know, I right. don't want people I don't want people thinking like that, you know, and, and my hat collection is not as cool. But listen up. <laughs> we have look, we were <laughs> we were texting about it and talking about it after after the game. What a crazy way to end that game for the Baltimore Ravens against the L.A. Rams. I mean, overtime, back and forth battle, and it ends on a punt return touchdown by your preseason guy, Tylen Wallace. Shout that from the shout it from the rooftops, bro. Man, I'm happy for that kid, man. Like you, he's kind of been non-existent this entire season, and you get so wrapped up into the guys that are actually playing that you kind of forget about the guys that were stars during preseason, like the Isaiah Likely's, uh, the Kolars, the Tylen Wallace's that just balled out during preseason, man. And Tylen Wallace had a heck of a preseason. I knew he was going to make the team. I remember I was high on him going into the season. Like, there's no way they cut that kid. They're going to have to find a way to keep him. Um, mm-hmm. The crazy thing is he's now on everybody else's radar. So now he's a guy that you're going to have to do something with next year. He, he won't be around very long. I can guarantee you that much. The Ravens won't be able to keep him and everybody else. Yeah. And I mean, look, that's just the name of the game. You know, at some yeah. point you, you can't keep, you know, all the back end of the roster guys. But but look, when you're able to be that valuable to a team, which, again, there's a piece of news here. Right. The, and part of the reason that Tylen Wallace was back there fielding that punt and not Devin Duvernay is the fact that Devin Duvernay is now on injured reserve. He has a back injury. It is not yet assumed to be season ending. It sounded based on, on updates we got from the team from John Harbaugh that there's a possibility that he could come back for the playoffs. So, so it, it's not necessarily that Devin Duvernay's season is over yet, but Tylen Wallace is going to have to take over that responsibility. And obviously he made a hell of an impression while doing it against the Rams. But, you know, again, that that's a, that's a tough loss because that's one of the best return men in the league. And again, a guy who contributes every once in a while on offense in the receiving game, can hand him the ball. He's an explosive player. You got to wonder if Tylen Wallace is going to see a a couple of those snaps as well, sort of in in Duvernay's absence. Obviously you got so many receivers and so many guys got to get the ball, but look, you know, when, when you got four or five receivers, you know, six receivers on a roster every once in a while, one of those guys is probably going to play like an actual offensive snap. Right. I I can guarantee you this. They're going to have to figure out a way to put him, give him some reps after doing what he did to win that game. You got to get him two or three plays at least this week. Come up. You got to, you just got to, put a little small section on the right-hand side of the call sheet that says Tylen Wallace, and then you get that guy the ball, number 16, get him the ball some kind of way because he earned it just now. And when you see guys, this is how you make a name for yourself in the NFL. You go and you ball out on special teams. If you're a dog on special teams, they cannot say no to you on offense. They cannot, or defense. You have to figure out a way to go be a dog on offense and defense. Well, I mean, a dog on special teams, and then they'll let you play some offense. And that's how I got my start, to be honest with you. That's how I started playing. I, it was three years of special teams for me. Um, Kyrie, I'm telling you right now, and it was 
just nonstop, nonstop, nonstop special teams with very, very, very little, you know, offensive play. And then that one year in Baltimore, I led the team in special teams tackles. And then the next year I'm playing every single snap. Actually, I was playing every snap before then when I first got to Baltimore. But I earned it. I earned it, Kyrie. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I yes, earned it. absolutely. He just, he just earned Look. it. He just earned the spot to play on that offense. And I'll tell you what, it's hard to find somebody who loves special teams more than me. That's what. That's like the majority of what yeah. I did. I mean, even John when Harbaugh. I was getting snaps on offense, I was on. Every, I was on every special team except for field goal block. You don't need me on field goal. Or, no, sorry. Not I. W- I was on field goal block. I wasn't on on the field, field goal. goal blocking unit. You don't need me in there for all that. Right. Field goal block. Oh yeah, I was. Yeah. I was on that for sure. I yeah, was you, got, you can't say you can't say block. You got to just say field goal. I was on the field goal team. Or I was on the field goal block team. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you you I mean, was on field goal block, but not on the field goal team. Exactly. Gotcha. So I was right. I was on field goal block. That was a thing. Right. Um, but I, I think one of my favorite stories from back in the day is how Terrell Davis basically got his start as as a running. He was a sixth round pick and got his start with the Denver Broncos as a running back. Because he made a hell of a special teams tackle one week and they were like, okay, let me give you some carries. And then the rest is history from there because one of the greatest running backs that's, you know, played football and a guy that, you know, well, a guy that I love Devin Hester, right? He came into the league as, as a, as a cornerback. He was not playing offense Mm -hmm. very much at all. I don't think he played a single offensive snap in his rookie season, but he rips off one of the greatest rookie seasons you've ever seen as a special teamer. And then they're like, dang, we got to figure out how to get this brother the football. And then, and then, and then he becomes a receiver and, you know, he, he contributed, he contributed for a lot of years as a receiver and a guy who just get the football to and let him do his thing. That is, I, I feel like so often, right. And you talk about preseason stars is that everybody pays attention to, Oh yeah, the way this guy ran the ball, or the way this guy caught the ball, or the guy that did this on offense or defense. But what really matters the most is what those guys are doing on special teams. Because if you're a back end of the roster guy, I mean, you're dreaming about getting mm-hmm. in on offense or right. defense a lot of the time. But you get that opportunity by doing your job as a special teamer. And I would love to see Tylen Wallace do. Get get some chances to to show what he can do. Again, maybe it'll, it'll limited opportunities. Maybe you'll get like one target, or maybe you'll hand him the ball one time, or something right. like that. But see what he can do with those targets. And while we're talking about back end of the roster guys, young cats looking to find their way, the Baltimore Ravens just picked up somebody new for their team. Who they get? Oh, see Malik Cunningham from the Baltimore is, is now with the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, that's so awesome. signed him off of the new England Patriots practice squad. So again, he's a, you know, third, you know, fourth quarterback in this room, what have you, but Lamar Jackson's former backup quarterback at Louisville took over for him and went on and had a good career of his own. Wasn't doing a whole lot in new England. Yeah. Now he's here. And I mean, I, I think I think it's just a nice place for him to, you know, not have. Let, let's put it this way. The New England Patriots, I always thought that was a very interesting thing. The fact that they signed him because he's not the quarter, the kind of quarterback they typically go for. If we're just going to be straight up. 
I mean, they like their Mac Joneses and their Bailey Zappies who just sit in the pocket and throw the ball. And they were trying to make Malik Cunningham a little bit more of a dual purpose weapon where it's like, oh, yeah, you play quarterback a little bit. But we really want to have you be a wide receiver so that they weren't allowing him to play quarterback. Right. And that's especially telling the fact that the quarterback position has been so bad for the New England Patriots and they didn't give him an opportunity to do it at all. So he goes to the Baltimore Ravens and gets to sit and learn behind the quarterback he used to sit and learn from. I like tell, this. Tell me this, um, Kyrie. I mean, I know you probably know because you're into the stats and the statistics side of this thing really, really big. Who did we release in order to sign him? Well, who got hurt? Well, I think I think this is the Duvernay thing. Um, him going mm, to injured reserve. I would I would you. have to check on this got because you, I, I did see I did see a tweet earlier about this and I and I just want to confirm it, but I think the the thing at issue here would be um Devin Duvernay going to injured reserve, and then you can go ahead and you can sign Malik Cunningham to the 53 man roster for that. That it totally makes sense. Like you you can definitely bring in an extra player in any position. Like I remember when um when 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 we had Joe Jerry Vicious get hurt when I was in Tampa Bay. Oh, I remember they, him. they actually released me at the tight end spot to bring in another receiver, two more receivers, actually. One, you know, because when you lose somebody of that magnitude, you got to bring in usually two guys. You yeah. can't just bring in one guy. So, well, I, well, congratulations to Malik Cunningham. I, I like that, you know, for the Ravens. I think that's a good move. He's a very athletic quarterback and mobile that can move and, and sling it as well. So he kind of fits right into our room along with um with Snoop and, and Lamar and company. So let's see what happens for that guy, man. Just, just send the prayers up for him. And, you know, usually if they bring somebody in, somebody else is on the hot seat too. So you got to keep your eye on that quarterback room and, and let us know what's going on, Kai. It's really interesting. And by the way, I did check that out and, and confirm it. I thought I had seen that earlier. And uh, mm -hmm. yes, it is because uh, Devin DuVernay went to IR. So he's filling okay. that 53-man roster spot. Sweet. I'm curious to see what this means for the quarterback room because normally you're not keeping four quarterbacks on, on your roster. So mm -hmm. does that mean no more Josh Johnson? Um, I, I think I think that that would be the thing that I would consider. Um, of course, you like the fact that he's there and is able to provide that veteran leadership. And maybe you don't want to lose that. And maybe they're just doing the Malik Cunningham thing for now just to get him in the room and then maybe he would go to the Ravens practice squad later once there's you know once once somebody comes back to the roster or what have you so we'll we'll see we'll see what goes on with that um I because again he's not gonna he's not gonna play <laughs> with Lamar Jackson here but is it one of those moves where, where you stash him and see if you could develop him and build him up and get him some good preseason looks and maybe he becomes your backup down the line if you if you don't want to keep on paying Snoop Huntley to do it because obviously um, you know Malik is cheap right now he's very cheap. Maybe cheap. you want to see if you could get some better dual purpose usage out of Malik Cunningham than the Patriots could do. I mean, there are any number of reasons he could be here right now. Yeah, and then the, your, your older guy, you know, Josh Johnson, you know, he's a he's a guy that you got to pay a lot more to. So it's it's easy to try to replace him with a younger guy right now that you probably watched in the preseason and thought you had a chance to steal from the Patriots, you know, and then put him on your practice squad. Or usually when you bring him in, you got to activate him. You can't put him on the practice squad. So, you know, but put him on your practice squad for now, and you can always, you know, have that conversation with him later on. You get him right now, you're giving him a little bit more money. He's making a lot more than what he was making on the practice squad. So he'll definitely – 
you know, be happy for that pay increase, you know, but a lot of times you, you'll, you'll keep a younger guy and get rid of an older quarterback because he's, you know, he's numbered, he's, he's played, of course he's had that those plays and stuff underneath his belt, but if you get a chance to bring in a younger guy and develop him and he's actually worth it, you'll definitely keep him over that older guy. You'll keep those four guys right now this season. Then this off season, you'll reevaluate that room and then you'll try to push one of those guys out for sure. And Snoop is a hard guy to keep because he has showed the world that he could be a pro bowl caliber quarterback, you know? So when it, once they've seen that, then other teams will be out to try to grab him as well. If they see, if they really like the things that Lamar Jackson is doing over here in Baltimore. Very curious if, if Snoop Huntley will eventually get an opportunity to start, you know, if he's going to get kind of his, um, I don't know, like kind of his like Terod Taylor opportunity, right? That kind of, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that down the line, but Let's talk a little bit about the game the Baltimore Ravens are about to have against another good AFC opponent in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Jaguars coming off a loss to the Cleveland Browns, which, which is a very interesting thing and I, I, I want to get into here because the, the Cleveland Browns actually just lost both of their, their tackles for the entire season, mm -hmm. but they were able to, you know, kind of handily beat the Jaguars in this game. There are, there are a couple of reasons for that that I want to get into because I think they're relevant for this game. First of all, they got Joe Flacco starting for them. And I think that the quest for good quarterback play, or at least like consistent quarterback play, I should say, right. has kind of been an issue for the Browns all year. I mean, even Deshaun Watson, they, <laughs> they were winning games with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, but he didn't really have his best game of the season until that last game that he played against the Ravens and he has his best game of the year. And then he's out with a broken shoulder for the rest of the year. Yeah. Then you go to Dorian Thompson Robinson, who is a rookie. I mean, it kind of is what it is. Um, you know, so, so there, there are some, some growing pains and some struggles there. Um, now you're with Joe Flacco to see if you can continue to stay, like, you know, keep ahead in this playoff, but the AFC is loaded with above 500 teams battling for the playoffs right now. Mm -hmm. So you got a lot of you got you got a lot of 7 and 6 and a lot of 8 and 5 in there. So the Browns look at this, they must be looking at this like we can make the playoffs right now. It is not over for us at right. all. And so they go to Joe Flacco and he's looked all right for a guy who was on the couch a couple of weeks ago, right? That said, I think that what, what the Browns really did to the Jaguars was, especially on, on offense, um, they scored off a coverage bus by, by the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. There's no reason David Njoku should be running around wide open down the field, but that happened a couple of times against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You, you can't have that kind of thing. And then on the other side of the ball, I, I, I think that the, the, the key here is Trevor Lawrence is hurt. Let's let's keep it let's keep it 100. Trevor Lawrence is hurt. He had a high ankle sprain that he that he played through, and yeah, the Jaguars scored some points. Good for them, but I think that when it really came down to it, you could tell that the Browns were probably going to win this game because Trevor Lawrence was not 100, right. and not going to be 100 when when you when you come and deal with them this week. I, I think that the final score was probably closer than than the game actually looked, at least to me, uh, for, for a good amount of the time. So you're getting banged up Trevor Lawrence, who still, I mean, look, he's still a top quarterback in this league, and he is, he is playing like, to me, 
a franchise level quarterback. I'm he's not looked generational just yet in, in the way that that term was thrown around that he's a generational quarterback prospect. I think he was an exceptionally clean quarterback prospect coming out of college in a similar vein to an Andrew Luck, though I think Andrew Luck just had more physical skills because I mean, you're not going to find too many, too many quarterbacks who had the physical skills and the mental that Andrew Luck had coming out where he could right. just do it all. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is, is kind of a, a similar in terms of athleticism, not the same kind of arm strength, but good arm strength, but mm -hmm. the mental side of the game, I think he does very well for a third year player. So you, you can't take him for granted, even with him being on a, you know, a leg and a half. No, but what what I'm what I'm wondering about is when you've got a a hobbled Trevor Lawrence, how does that lessen your level of concern, or are you thinking like, look, man, as long as the guy can still stand and throw from the pocket, that's good enough for me? Yeah, I don't I don't know how tough Trevor Lawrence is. You know, I've never seen him play through injury or play hurt. Like I feel like I'm, I'm sure he has. I just don't know anything about it. You know, I, I mean, just it, don't see this, this kind of injury. Yeah. That the, the high ankle sprain, yeah, he should have been out for like two, like like three two months. months, two months. Huh? Yeah, I mean, especially when they're bad. Yeah, yeah, high ankle sprain, two months. Sometimes that's what Lamar in his last two seasons on pretty much a high ankle sprain, and then uh, he had a high ankle sprain, and then he had a, um a, a hamstring or something like that, I think. But um, Trevor Lawrence, uh, what I can speak to about him is that I watched him here in high school in Georgia. You know you know, down in Cartersville, Georgia. And he was phenomenal, phenomenal. You're talking about number one, number two athletes in the country that year coming out at the quarterback position. Um, he was literally the number one, number two ranked QB in the nation, you know. And um, the other guy was, of course, your guy, Justin Fields. They both came out together here in Georgia at the same exact time. Both of them, the one and two quarterbacks was out of Georgia. And they was the number one and two best players in the world. And I think Justin Fields ended up beating them out and becoming the number one guy by the end of the year. And then, then um, Trevor ended up number two. And then, of course, Trevor goes to Clemson. Justin Field goes to Georgia. He sits behind the QB there. Didn't like it. He leaves and transferred to Ohio State. And him and Justin met head-to-head -head in, in Clemson versus Ohio State, and Justin won. Um, but he's a competitor. The kid is a phenomenal athlete. He's a phenomenal player. He's sneaky fast. You don't realize how long his legs is and how actually fast that he is when he runs. But he could actually run. Mm -hmm. And he's slippery. You know, he's slippery. And he has definitely like that that once every 10 year kind of arm strength where he has that Joe Flacco deep ball where he can throw the ball a mile and, and sling it. He can make every throw on the field. He's, he's definitely a dynamic QB. Um, he, it will slow down his mobility. He is on a smaller size, you know, as far as, as far as weight, he's not a heavier guy. He's a smaller, slender, taller guy. But when I see, when you see him in person, he's impressive. He's impressive. He stands legit six, six. And when you see him, he's a long guy, wiry guy that can sling the ball all over the field. And he's easy to follow. You know, he's a guy that will lead you to the promised land. You just got to put pieces around him. And I think Jacksonville has shown you. I mean, no, I mean, nobody thought we'd be talking about Jacksonville or Jack, Jacksonville Jaguars at all. A lot of that is due to Trevor Lawrence. And you have to understand where that comes from. Like when you got a quarterback that, you know, if you get open, he'll throw you the ball. You run routes harder. You run them faster. You run them every single time. You don't take plays off because, you know, it's a possibility you could possibly get that ball. And then you, if you're not getting it, you know you're going to clear it out for a guy that is going to get it, you know. And if something breaks down, it's a possibility you're definitely going to get it, you know. So you work harder on offense. And then when you got a great quarterback on defense, 
you play harder and you want to get the ball back for him as many times as you possibly can. And you feel more comfortable being on defense because you know you're not going to be on the field all game long because you got a quarterback that will extend drives for you and get multiple drives for you. So the defensive guys tend to play harder for great quarterbacks, and so do the offensive guys seem to play harder for good quarterbacks. So it's obvious why why Jacksonville is where they are right now. They deserved it. They, they're ready for it, and we cannot sleep on them. As the Baltimore Ravens, everybody is looking at us like we are the number one seed and we are the team to beat. And, you know, every week they're talking about who's the best team in the NFL, and our name comes up. It's not always us, but our name comes up in that mix every single week. And because it comes up, people are not going to sleep on us. And they never have. They never will. You know, we are the Ravens. We are who the Ravens are. We do believe in them at some, you know, for, for the longest point, you know. So at, at the end of the day, you know, I believe the Ravens is going to come out with this win. I, I do believe that it's not going to be an easy win for the Baltimore Ravens and, and the, the Jaguar Jaguars will put all types of pressure on us to try to make this game a believable game on their behalf. I mean, I think that the thing that impresses me the most about Trevor Lawrence, the way that he plays, is especially with young quarterbacks. Yeah, it it feels like there, it it can often be one of two things: either you don't hold the ball very long at all because you're just get it out of my hands. I don't want this. Right? right. You're you're just you're just getting it to the checkdown. You're throwing it short because you you just don't want to die. Or you're holding the ball way too long and you're taking sacks and you're inviting pressure onto yourself. Trevor Lawrence does a great job of really kind of riding the line. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's perfectly content to, you know, one, two, three steps, get the ball out. Bam. That's it. Right. You know, if, if, it, if it's open, he's reading it well. But he has every throw in the toolkit. Right, he's in deep overs with touch and anticipation, and just just threading the needles. Right, he can he can throw it deep down the sideline, get it to. He can throw it over the middle. He can drive it outside to the sideline and fit it in there because he's throwing it before the guy's getting out of his break. Not every young quarterback can do all of it, and right. he can, and that's why he was taken number one overall. And and I think that. When you're talking about generational prospects, right? I, I think that guys like Andrew Luck, right? We already just talked about him. Yeah. He was another guy who could do all of it. And and Trevor Lawrence is, is that kind of guy as well. When you look at some of the prospects that are coming out this year, you see guys with immense talent. And and yet, as I as I watch them, I find myself thinking that. There are flashes of it, but yeah. you don't find yourself looking at them in, in the same vein as Trevor Lawrence like, wow. It's not even just the physical stuff. It's not about, oh, he can throw it over the mountains or, oh, he can he can make this throw that, that other guys can make from a physical standpoint. It's the mental part. It's the playing, right. it, 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 the playing the play better than most other guys can do it consistently. You know, hit, hitting, making the right read throwing it on time and just seeing the game so well. I, I mean, I, I really think that's something so many young quarterbacks struggle with. And again, I watch, I watch one of those guys every week in, in Justin Fields where you see him do these superhuman things that like literally probably only he can do right, man. He had, he had a play in this, in this last game where he's backed up in his own end zone with two, three guys about to, to sack him like on the goal line. And he just, 
squeezes out of it and and rips off a 20-yard gain. And you're like, oh, my God. Right. And then there are other times where it's like, why are you missing this kind of layup to the outside, like, like in the flat? Or you probably could have thrown that. You don't have that that often with Trevor Lawrence, where it's like you're, you're looking at him like, why did you do that? Or, or like, what, like, why didn't you throw that ball? And, and I feel like when you talk about generational prospects, it's got to be that too. It can't just be, oh, yeah, he can run around in circles or he can throw the ball 70 yards from his knees. Trevor Lawrence, he absolutely mm -hmm. looks like that dude. Yeah. I think that some of the lack of production that they had earlier in the year was the pass catchers being kind of eh, they struggled with some drops at times. A kinda, lot of kinda wet, Kyrie. What what were they? <laughs> you know, like like they like they had the Lamar Jackson against the Steelers game. Oh my god, don't remind me. Where, where he's just like putting it on the money and there's a Everybody's drop, dropping. drop yeah. touchdown. Drop here and you're just like, bro, stop, stop doing this to me. They brought um, up the, they brought up an official meaning of dropping dimes because he was throwing <laughs> dimes and they was dropping them. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean, what dropping dimes look like in the NFL. <laughs> oh my god! But I mean, it's true, and, and and I think that you know he he's he's that good. So yep. you got you got to watch out for that. Also, we talked a lot about Trevor Lawrence, but Travis Etienne. That's a good running back. Grown that man. Is a very, very good running back. He's explosive. Do not screw up and let him get to your second level with a full head of steam, or that will be a 40-yard game. Yeah. That's I, I think I like that that part of the NFL, which you kind of seen a lot more of now, where where these coaches and these scouting departments are starting to go back to the team that the starting quarterback played on and grab players that they played with in college. Yes. You know, ETN was at Clemson with Trevor Lawrence. I just think that's a really good, you know, one-two combination for him. And it's been a blessing. You know, they know each other extremely well. It's like playing it's like playing football in the NFL level with your brother that you've been playing with since you was a child. You know, you, you, it's kind of a cheat code, you know. So I kind of yeah. like those type of things. And Travis ETN is, man, he is he's explosive. We got a little brother, I think, at Florida right now, University of Florida. Yeah, he's, he's a running back too, and those guys are—he's explosive as well. So, um, it definitely runs in his family. So he's a talented guy. But you're right, you know, you can't talk about Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars without talking about ETN. Absolutely, man. And, and listen, I think that you—you you bring up such a good point. When you saw that in 2021, where it was. You had an opportunity for like for the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Cincinnati Bengals could have could have drafted Penn A. Sewell, left tackle. And mm -hmm. instead, Joe Burrow was like, No, I want Jamar Chase. I want right. that. Absolutely. And they get him, and he's the rookie of the year. And now he's he's one of the best receivers in football. Correct. You you go ahead and um, you know, Jalen Waddle played with Tua at Alabama. And he's like, Correct. let's get that guy. That's easy. He fits really well with what Tua does. Just hit him on a slant and he'll just start running. And he's really fast. And we'll go from there. Devontae Smith. Getting Devontae Smith for Jalen Hurts. Yes, sir. I mean, I, I think that's a pattern that I actually want to see more of. Because this is not an easy game it's not. To, to play. It's not an easy thing to do to come in as a young quarterback. And you got to learn a new offense most of the time. And you're you're you know doing things at a faster rate of speed than you than you did before. It, it's great to have some familiarity. 
I, I would, I love that kind of thing. And so even just a guy that, yeah, you're handing him the ball, but sometimes you're throwing him routes. Like you threw him routes in, in college, you know, more or less what he's going to do. You know what his speed is like. I, I love that. I think that is an incredibly smart thing for teams to do in the draft. So real quick, let's touch on the defense because to me, it's as sim to me, it's as simple as this. Stop the Jaguars front from wrecking your game, and you're probably gonna win. Yeah. Because they they've got they've got a series of good players up front, led by Josh Allen, um, who is one of the he's the the top 10, actually the 10th graded edge rusher in football right now. And he's what what he's top five in pressures overall. So like immediately right there, Josh Allen is your guy on that defensive line that you circle a bunch of times. And you're like, don't let that guy go off. And mm -hmm. we we're kind of talking about this before the podcast started. Right. Ronnie Stanley's hurt, having some issues, not the same anymore. And if he's going to be over there dealing with, with, with him, with Josh Allen, that feels like a problem that you got to help out on a lot. And yeah, you, you could have Patrick McCary come in and, and slide him over there if, if you know, and platoon it or, you know, if Ronnie Stanley's really hurt and he's got to start. Yeah, you could do all that. But again, I'm still taking Josh Allen in that matchup. So you have to figure out a way to scheme around that and, and get that guy away from Lamar Jackson. If you can do that, the Browns game showed you what can happen where they are just straight losing guys in coverage. Right. Like there's no reason to have like the second best offensive weapon that Cleveland has just running scot-free down the field. And there's nobody, there's nobody within like 10 years. The closest guy to him was a Cleveland Browns receiver. Like you can't, and, and, and it happened more than once. So I, I think if you can protect Lamar Jackson, it could be another big passing day for him. Another 300 yard passing game, a game where like Zay flowers, like Isaiah likely like guys like that go off. I think it could be that kind of game. You just can't let Josh Allen destroy your team. I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, I, I think I said a couple weeks back, our weakest link right now has been our offensive line. I think, you know, and, I really do like those guys a lot. I think we got some talented guys on the offensive line. For some reason, we're just not playing at a high level. And and part of it is due to injury, you know, and, you know, not being 100% will definitely slow you down. And in this league at tackle, at the tackle position, especially the left tackle position when, you're, when your quarterback is a right-armed arm, quarterback and you're protecting his blind side, you got to be strong on the left side, man. You know, and unfortunately, Ronnie Stanley is still kind of banged up and beat up. And teams are taking notice, you know. It's like a wounded duck, you know. It's like – it's like a pack of hyenas and they see a wounded animal in the wild. They, as soon as they smell blood, they're going to start circling that animal and then they're going to go after that animal and they're going to, and they're not going to stop until he's dead and they're going to kill him every single time. And they're going to eat good. They're going to eat really good that day, you know, and that's what it happens in the football in national football league. When they know you're hurt and they know you're down, even if you bring a new guy in the game because you're banged up and you get nicked up, they know the new guy is not warmed up. He's not scratched. He's not ready to go. He's a younger guy. He's probably not as good as the guy that start. And then they're going to put their best guy on that new guy and let that, they're going to cut him loose and, and make him have a long day too. They're going to take advantage of him. You change your cornerback in the middle of the game, they're going to go deep on the next play. They, as soon as you put that new guy, they know he's not scratched out oh, and yeah. ready to run deep. They're going to go deep on the very next play. 
Oh, and yeah. they're going to probably get him. They're going to probably get him for a touchdown. It happens probably more than it does not happen. Probably 80% of the time they actually win. You know, it's the National Football League. These coaches are smart. They're, they're not dumb. And they know that right now, Ronnie Stanley is banged up, beat up, no matter how much the Ravens try to hide it and cover it up. You know, they're going to come out to him. And you're absolutely right. Josh Allen could possibly have a field day. We got to keep him off Lamar Jackson. But as the Ravens, Kyrie, if I know that my guy is banged up, I'm going to protect him. I'm going to put, yes. you know, I'm going to put somebody over there to help him out every single play. I'm going to help Dabletine, you know, chip off that edge to put that guy back on him so he don't have to jump back too early. And you've been watching how Stanley's playing. He's trying to, he's jumping off sides a couple of games because he's trying to get that early jump because he know he's not as fast and as twitchy as he normally is right now because he's nicked up and banged up. He's not hundred percent healthy. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. that's just, that's just going to be the main thing. And I think the, the nice thing about the Baltimore Ravens, you got multiple backs that you can trust Gus Edwards you can trust justice Hill, go mm -hmm. and, and, and dig them out, right? Go ahead and give him a nice shot in the ribs when he's coming around the corner there, Correct. chip, him. you know, make him feel it, slow him down. You can do that. Just give Lamar Jackson enough time to survey the field or get outside the pocket and do all the things that Lamar Jackson does. Just give him time and the Ravens should be able to take advantage of this team. And then look on the other side of things, I think Trevor Lawrence is still, he's still plenty dangerous and the Jaguars offense has playmakers, but the Ravens defense is still the Ravens defense. And even if you're going to be missing Kyle Hamilton for a little bit, which you, which you will, he's got, he's got a, a sprain in the knee, but <laughs> you could, you could just throw Geno. Like that, that's the thing that's wild, man. It's like, oh yeah. Oh my guy is hurt. Like, oh, now I'm down to Marcus Williams and Geno stone. Right. And it's like, Geno, Geno stone is, is one of the most underrated DBs in the league. I agree. And, 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 oh, now, now he can start for you. Uh, I mean, obviously, Kyle Hamilton. Let's not understate what he does. He does he everything. He's he's incredible. Yeah. He's he's everything he's we he's everything he said or we said that he was going to be. Just a versatile force in nature. Okay, but the Ravens so deep that they're going to be able to handle this. They're still, you know, the better team in this matchup. So if you're asking me, do I believe in the Ravens in Week 15? Hell yeah, I do. What you think this is? Yeah, I, I think um I'm I'm watching some of the highlights right now from you know from the game last week with Jack Vor the Jaguars and the Cleveland Browns. And I'm watching these three interceptions that Trevor Lawrence threw. And a lot of these are just miscommunication, you know, from him between him and the receiver. The receiver's running the wrong route. He thinks he's supposed to run in something else. And you can see his frustration, you know, like, hey man, you gotta be there. You're supposed to be there. You know, I, I'm you, we gotta be on the same page. Like he's trying to, you know, you, you can see the frustration. Yeah. You know, so these interceptions that he had last week, don't let's not get those misconstrued that, you know, that they might not have been all him and they might not just been him just throwing bad balls. You know, I think a lot of that was just, you know, busted plays and, and he threw the ball where it was supposed to go and the receiver didn't go where they were supposed to go on. And the, and the Cleveland Browns defensive backfield, get them some credit with being in the right situation, the right place at the right time to pick some of those passes off. You know, um, coming in here to Baltimore, you know, he's definitely a dynamic thrower. He can get the ball. He can throw the ball. He can throw every throw on the field. We have to be prepared. I got. I love the fact that Geno Stone is playing because he's he's a baller. He's a ball. He's been all ball hawk this year in the secondary. So I want to see him on the field more. I think this week could be a, a big week for him if he's prepares properly and, and studies Trevor, you know, the way he needs to. And, you know, Marcus Williams has always been a ball hawk. You know, to have those two back there in the backfield right now, I think will help us out a little bit as far as some turnovers. We just got to start scoring some more on defense and getting the ball 
in um in the, in, in the end zone on the defensive side of the ball. I love the fact that they got a pass rusher because we got a couple of them too. You know, I love that. You know, so as much as they, we got to keep them off our quarterback, they got to keep up keep us off theirs as well. And I, I think we have some ability. You know, I love the way Clowney's playing this year. I, I really he could he'd have another ten or fifteen sacks if his if he was um a little bit stronger in the fingers. You know, just grab those jerseys and, and not let go while he's running by these quarterbacks. Yeah. Sometimes he's missed a couple of sacks this year that I don't know you wish he had back. He'd have another ten sacks if he had all those other ones that he missed. So um, we're going to definitely put some pressure on those guys and, and try to make him uncomfortable as possible. And him getting the ball out of his hands quick, Kyrie, you said it perfectly. You got to get the ball out of your hand quick, and that's what he's been doing all year. And that's what you want to do for a young quarterback. That gives him confidence. Every single completion gives him confidence, and he doesn't take those hits, you know. And we're going to definitely do our best to get him on the ground as much as possible. One of the hardest things to do in this league is pick yourself up 60 plays. You know, so let's let's get him on let's get him on the ground sixty plays and see what happens. Yep, and I think that they're going to have their opportunities to get him on the ground because I don't think he's going to be running quite as well as he usually does. Mm-hmm. So, in short, Raven Ravens going to win. Okay, you better believe of it. Cor- of course, of course they are. Well, I mean that that's that's what we think because we believe in the Baltimore Ravens. I'm Kyrie Thompson. That's Danny Wilcox, and we'll be talking to you after the game. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.